0: Do you feel like you're constantly trying to convince people of the value of your offer? Or maybe you struggle with actually making the ask and inviting people to work with you because you don't want to feel pushy. I have been there, and let me tell you, there is an easier way to run your business. For years, I have been obsessed with helping my clients increase conversions and make more money in a way that feels good to them and their customers. Now I've created a free resource to help you do the same. Conversion Crash Course is my new two-week email series to help you close more sales in just two minutes a day. This is not your average PDF freebie. These are short and sweet emails, they're fun, they're actionable, and they are designed to help you land more clients and better serve your current ones. And the best part is 100% free. I had so much fun creating this email series, and I know you're going to love it too. So go and sign up for free at megansmythecom conversion, or head to the link in the show notes. You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to The Blaze Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the show. Today's conversation is all about how to stay visible without burning yourself out or burning your business to the ground. I am joined by my dear friend, Chrissy Mellinger, a business strategist and coach for women entrepreneurs. Chrissy's unique human-first approach to business helps their clients enjoy all aspects of life, both inside and outside of their business. Chrissy has over 12 years of strategic project management and leadership experience along with degrees in finance, economics, and business management. So not only is she immensely qualified to be a marketing expert here on the show, but she is also super fun and down to earth and just genuinely one of my favorite people. (laughs) One of the things I love most about Chrissy is her unique way of blending that intuitive side of business with super tactical strategies, which is exactly what you're going to get in today's episode. We are talking about how to turn your big idea into concrete marketing goals, active versus passive visibility strategies, and how to figure out if all that effort you're pouring into being visible is actually moving the needle. So I think you're really gonna love today's conversation, and without further ado, let's dive in. Chrissy, my love, welcome to the show. Hi,
1: hi, thanks for having me.
0: I am so excited for everyone to hear your genius and all the love and all the energy that you have to give. I get to benefit from you on a regular basis, so I'm excited to share that. I wanna start, we're gonna pretend like I don't know this story because your entrepreneur origin story is one of my favorites. Will you please tell listeners a bit about how you got into business, where it all started? Take me back to the beginning.
1: Yes, I will be as concise as I can be. The beginning is actually, I was eight years old and I cannot tell you why, like I cannot tell you where this idea came from, but I decided at eight that I wanted to grow up and have my own spa resort. I had never been to a spa. I had never even been to like a nail salon to get my nails done. Like my my grandmother didn't do that when we were growing up. So I had the whole thing mapped out. I had floor plans. I had IKEA catalogs ripped to pieces, JCPenney catalogs, like let's date myself, JC Penney catalogs ripped of like what the curtains would look like and what this would look like. And this whole beautiful idea of this spa resort where you would go and build out your whole like relaxation life. And again, not sure where it came from, but from that point forward, I lived for that. I went to, I took certain classes in school. I went to get my undergrad degrees in finance and economics so that I had a good business foundation to build this spa resort. Like the whole the whole shebang, right? Picked schools based on what I could learn for it. Went into a couple years after working for a hedge fund administration firm, realized this is not what I want to do. This is incredibly boring and just like not fun. Right. So I was like, okay, let's take the information that I have. I've done the like business side of things. Let's get into hospitality now. It's a, it's a resort center, right? I'm going to have to learn how to actually run a hotel property. Then I went into back office of hotels because as much as I wanted a resort. I would not call myself a people person. So the idea of like being a front desk, anything is pure hell to me, which is funny now as a coach that like my whole life is literally just people (laughs) talking to people, (laughs) but it's like a, I'm a person person. I'm not a people person. It's like dogs, dogs have their people that they like, but they don't always love all people. Right. So Did the back office financial um, revenue management for hotels for six years, realized I actually want a life, like hotels never sleep, which means really good revenue managers never sleep because you want to get every single cent that you can possible for the hotel. That's the whole point of it. And in 2020, when the pandemic shuttered the industry, I was given a golden ticket of you can either hang out and probably get a pink slip and lose everything, or there's a really nice severance package that, by the way, is going to fully pay off your student loans, and you can go. You can go do what you want to do. Yeah. And because I was furloughed for most of 2020, I had spent that time trying to figure out like what in the hell I actually wanted to do with my life. A little bit of like a identity crisis there, right? Everything fell apart. And realize I, I like cheerleading and I have always been some kind of coach, trainee, mentor or trainer, mentor, something in my career. And that's the best part of it. So it kind of wrapped everything that I knew of revenue and forecasting and budgets and corporate and how to actually run a successful business, the strategy of how do you make money, With the I really want to make the world a better place, and all the evidence points to society being better when women have power and money and influence. So tied all of that together into coaching. And then it kind of went from there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I really
0: can't imagine you doing anything else. You've just found like such a perfect business for you. Well, not found it, you created it from scratch. But I do love how specific your entrepreneurial dream was. Like from eight years old, you're like this is it like it is a spa hotel 100 like did you ever waver from the hotel spa dream like did you look at other types of businesses or you were like no this is it until 2020
1: when i so my undergrad degrees are finance and economics i graduated in 2011 so i went into school 2007 so we had the 08 like recession and all of that hit so that made me think, and I was taking a lot of investment classes and like real money management style classes. I did for a while go down the rat the hole of like, do I want to be a financial advisor? Because mm. it's it's making money for people. It, it is that interaction, but on like my terms, right? But honestly, and there is a very real timeline that Chrissy is an advisor. And it's not this one. It's not this one because the whole like commission based only thing scared the shit out of me back then, which I find even funnier now that like I am solely responsible for my revenue that comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Which is arguably scarier. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I wavered a little bit. And realized, no, I at that point really wanted a career and a salary career. So went back to how do we make this work? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> I find it so interesting that you describe yourself as not a people person because to me you so are like you're so good with people and one of the ways you describe your business is you take a human first approach. And I think that's so interesting. I remember one of our very first conversations. We were chatting in the DMs and I guess you responded a couple days late back to me, which is ironic because I'm the queen of like answering two weeks later. But you said something about like, oh, sorry for the late response. Like I just took the weekend to just be a human. And something in me when I heard that just like really resonated. And I was like, oh, when was the last time I took the weekend to just be a person rather than a business owner? I don't work weekends anymore, but Back when we had that conversation, I was working every weekend and I was still in that startup mode and I could not remember the last time I had done that. So can you please explain for us what the human first approach means to you and in your business and why it's so important?
1: So the human first approach is really the overall concept or mindset approach to business that before you are a business owner, before you are an entrepreneur, you are a human so often, especially for new entrepreneurs. And this was my story too, right? We get so consumed by the business. Our entire identity becomes that of entrepreneur, solopreneur. It's like that badge of honor of like, I'm doing all of it. And it is a shitty badge of honor. So it's this remembering it's this concept of before you are a business owner, before you wear all of the 15 different hats that you wear of the accountant and marketer and coach, service provider, whatever it is that you do, you're a soul first, right? That's my belief. We're a soul and you're a human. So before you let your identity be, I'm a business owner, that's a title. That's a thing that you do. You have to allow yourself to be a human. So for me, that looks like as often as I can, honoring not working on weekends, making sure that I set time aside to take my dogs for WALKs. I've got one in the room with me at lunchtime, not only for their health, but also that's my mental health check-in during the day. And it's, it's a whole structuring to your business. It's a whole structuring to your marketing, to your visibility, that it's not about hustling. It's not about sacrificing your sanity or your well being or anything else in life so that your business is successful. It's building your business in such a way you actually get to enjoy the process. You actually get to enjoy the perks of. Being able to take my freaking dogs for a W in the afternoon, right? Yeah.
0: It's that idea of building your business around your life instead of the other way around, right? So thinking first, like, what do I need? as a person and how can I build my business around that rather than letting your business dictate the way you're living your life, which I love. And I would love to know how this fits into the sustainable approach to visibility because one of the biggest time drains, energy drains on our businesses for a lot of people is that pressure to show up and be visible, stay visible, get in front of people, get in front of the right people. There's all this pressure. So how do those two things fit together and how can we make the, the visibility side things a little easier for ourselves?
1: Yes. So let me just preface what they do actually fit together. Because a lot of what we're taught, especially if you are on in like the social media coaching space, is you have to fit a certain strategy. Like the king here is the strategy. The perfect thing is the strategy. And you figure out a way to finagle yourself into that. Like you figure out a way to fit some strategy or template or format or something because so-and-so says TikTok reels are the way to go or podcast guesting is the way to go, right? Like you have to figure out a way to make that work. But that's what we get wrong about visibility. Visibility is not about plastering yourself all over the place. Not if you want it to be sustainable, you're going to burn out. But when you approach it with this human first perspective of how do I want to show up, what feels good to me, and not good as in comfortable and easy, but good as in authentic and aligned and, pushes me like a little bit outside my comfort zone, but not to the point that I am in full shutdown state. It really is that opportunity to look at our foundations. You have to be visible. If you want to make money, you have to be visible. There is no question. And you can approach it in a way that you are king, that you are the focus of how do you want to shine? How do you shine? How do you like to communicate? Where do you like to communicate? And figure out which strategy fits you. Like we're, we're done putting ourselves into a fucking box. We're making the boxes fit our business. And it's a lot easier when you take that approach of, I come first. I have to be taken care of as a human being because if I'm burnt out, I can't show up for a podcast and rock it. Like if I've busted my butt and worked 70 hours, I'm not going to be super great on that podcast episode. I've got to get a good night's sleep. I have to have my water with me. Like taking it from that approach just makes it easier and takes a lot of the pressure off of, you have to be everywhere. Yeah, You don't have to be everywhere. You have to be where you have to be.
0: Yeah, but having to be everywhere is such a, such a big one for so many people. We feel this pressure and it's like, what if you just showed up in like one place, two places, wherever feels good to you, whatever feels like Chrissy said, sustainable, like you can actually do it on a regular basis because especially if you're a solopreneur trying to be everywhere all at once is not only close to impossible but will burn you out so quickly and that's how so many of us end up exhausted overwhelmed with the visibility with the visibility side. So, let's maybe pause here a second and this might seem like a really basic question, but I just want to make sure this information is like super super clear and accessible for everyone. And I want you to tell me first of all what a visibility strategy is and why it's so important because, you know, whether you're new to business listening to this or you've been in business for years and at this point you aren't entirely sure but you're like too afraid to ask. We want to clear that up for people. So, what is a visibility strategy? What does that entail and what sort of things do we need to be thinking about here?
1: I love this. I love the basics there. We've got to start at the basics. So thank you. So a visibility strategy is literally just how you are getting your business in front of new people. Everybody needs it. I don't care how established or not established you are in business, nor do I care what your goal is. So a lot of people think that they only need to be visible if they have a really big money goal or they want that like kind of mass influencer style, influencer size community.
0: Are they're live launching. That's a big one too.
1: Yes. Thank you. That's a good one. Or if they're live launching, but that's not the case. Even if your perfect dream business is five one-on-one clients, whatever you do, let's pretend you're a coach. You want five one-on-one clients and you have five people who have worked with you for months and you're good to go. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't need to go out there and let people, new people know about my business. I've got my five, except that I can guarantee you at some point, one of those five is going to drop out. Or you're going to say, hey, I actually want a sixth one. I want a challenge. Something's going to happen that you're going to have a spot open. If those five people are literally the only people in the world that know you have a business, you have a problem. So regardless of your goal, regardless of how well established you are, regardless if you are live launching or evergreen launching, you need to have people who are aware your business exists. Even for just the sake of if one of those five goes on vacation for a year, you have that spot filled up. So that's a visibility, like that's the point of a visibility strategy. I want to talk about the strategy piece because we often think that visibility is just getting out there. Yeah,
0: is just showing up. Right. (laughs) With no no strategy. Yeah, you just got to be there. And I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves about the typical coaching advice. Like you said, the social media advice is like, you have to show up. You have to be visible. And it's like, okay, but how? Like, what should we be doing? And there's no like purpose or intention behind it, or at least that gets lost in like the the social media conversation of like, you just have to show up. You just have to stay visible every single day in your business. And a lot of people then, especially newer business owners get sucked in thinking, well, I have to show up. I have to be visible without stopping to think like, what purpose is this serving? Does this feel good to me? Is it sustainable? Because like you said, a lot of us can force ourselves to show up on Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is for like a 30 day reels challenge. But then at the end of the month, you're going to hate your life and your business and that's not sustainable. So how do we start thinking about it from a more strategic, sustainable perspective? Like what's the very first step? And then we can kind of walk through it step by step for people.
1: The very first step is I never want to hear you say, I hope. That sounds like a weird step, I understand. But when we start off thinking like, oh, I really hope this 30-day challenge is going to do it. Or I really hope that if I go to this event, it's going to work out. Or I really hope, da 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 One of the things that one of the managers I had for a long time in hospitality would say to me, because I spent my whole life building budgets and forecasts and strategies was hope is not a strategy. Hope is a hope. We don't build businesses off of hopes and prayers. So when you say things like, I hope this is going to work, you can have that optimism. Like, I want you to be optimistic and excited about things. But you have, like you said, Meg, you really have to go back and think, what is the point of this? If you are just throwing something at the wall, hoping that it's going to come to fruition, that you're going to get something out of it, You're not going to get anything out of it. Instead, get really clear on what the long-term vision is, where we like to have big dreams, let those big dreams in, and then get really clear on what those mile marker goals are going to be along the way. If you're going to do an Instagram Reels challenge, is the goal brand awareness? Is the goal getting people to click and actually DM you? Is it getting signups? When you have a specific goal, you can actually tailor your actions and the activities in a way that you can measure them. But if you just go in there and you're like, oh, I really hope that I'm more visible. Like, what does that even mean? Right? Yeah. I want to pause here for
0: a second and just say visibility is not the goal like it's a good starting place it's a good place to start from but it needs to be more specific more granular than that that's like saying like your goal is to grow your business it's like well (laughs) what specific aspect are we focusing on here because it needs to be specific and it needs to be measurable like you said because something i hear a lot is people will tell me they're on social media they're trying to do the thing and show up and be visible but they don't know if it's working Mm -hmm like i don't know if it's working for me i'm doing it but i don't know if it's like moving the needle and getting results and i'm like well what results are you trying to get here <laughs> what is the goal is it sales is it inquiries is it signups is it growing your email list like once you have a specific goal it becomes really easy to measure so for example you can easily track your website traffic your email subscribers, your inquiries, your sales calls book, whatever it is, make sure it's something you can attach a number to because that'll tell you whether it's working or if you're just spinning your wheels. Because I think a lot of us feel like that, but we can't identify why. We're like, I feel like I'm not making traction, but I don't really know. This
1: is how you find out. Yes. SMART goals, like the acronym SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time constraint. I also,
0: I am not a huge believer in the SMART goals for many things, but I will say in business and marketing, like the measurable thing, and yes, the other ones, you know, the time bound and realistic and all that, like to me, the measurable part is really important here. And I guess the realistic part, you don't want to say like, I'm going to you know, have 2 million followers on Instagram tomorrow if I try this
1: strategy. We've got to know. And I think you said something before of, I want to grow my business. I want to be more visible. Absolutely. Awesome. And a lot of what the current teaching is, and a lot of it's implied, it's not explicitly stated, is that you have to show up. You have to be consistent, which we all as humans think we need to do it every day, Like you and I both have stepped really far back from Instagram this year and even last year as well. Mm -hmm. Consistency and visibility is not, is not about showing up every day, is not about forcing yourself to do something five times a day or four times a week. Like my Instagram grid is so sporadic of when I post something to it. But I am consistent and doing something every day to grow my brand awareness, to grow my business, to be more visible. But it's different strategies that all interlay and correspond with one another. So for anyone listening, being visible doesn't mean having to be on social, first of all, and doesn't mean having to do the same thing every single day. Mm -hmm. I'll get off my...
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's really key is that, you know, just because you're showing up every day doesn't mean you're showing up the same way every day. You might have some days where you're like, you're feeling it and you're in the energy and you want to get on, you know, video or um, Instagram, whatever it is, and interact with people. And then some days you might be doing stuff behind the scenes. It doesn't need to look the same every single day. But I wanna back up to the goals for a second and break this down step by step for people. So after they have that goal, let's say the the visibility goal is to build brand awareness, like you said. Where do we go from there? Because we all know there are so many things, (laughs) there are so many things you could do to build brand awareness. So like where do we start in finding the best strategy for us and like how do we know where to focus our energy?
1: So once we've got the goal, We're not actually at the part of like picking a strategy yet. Okay. I was too soon. I was too soon. I got excited. That's good because that's what a lot of us think. I actually want you to do a little bit more introspection and ask yourself how you shine. There are countless strategies. I I was, when I was creating my recent course, I think I bucketed them into like 17 different buckets of visibility options available. And that's just buckets, right? Then you get all the specifics. But before you even start to go there, how do you like to shine? How do you like to communicate? Are you an off-the-cuff, can bullshit your way through anything, or do you need to have that ability to edit? Do you prefer written communication over verbal communication? Are you a morning person or an afternoon person? Is your idea of consistency aligned, authentic, feels good, not like a hustle mentality consistency every single day, seven days a week? Or is it something where you are more consistent with twice a week? How do you like to have conversations? How do you express yourself? Because we have to know that. Or at least have an understanding of, I, I might be willing to have an off-the-cuff conversation, but I need to know that it's with someone that like I know and I trust or it's a small group, right? We have to have some parameters for ourselves. So really get to know what your energy is like. And you can go deep into like astrology and human design and all of that if you want to. Or you can just ask yourself, when do I get excited about things? I do not book shit before 10 a.m. because that doesn't end well for anyone.
0: Me neither. Christy knows I had three copies before we recorded this and that's how I get in my podcast zone. No one will ever hear from me before 10 a.m.
1: <laughs> but like even it sounds simple. It's. It might even sound silly, but we have to understand how we best show up before we then go pick strategies. I know I love conversations. I love camera. I love being quote unquote on. It is so hard for me to write a long caption or to write really long emails. It takes me so much longer, which means you are never gonna find me guest blogging ever. So like that automatically takes an entire bucket of visibility strategies off the table that I don't even have to worry about Mm -hmm. because I know how my energy is. So that's the first step. It's figure out how you shine.
0: Yeah, that is so good. And it's ironic that I wanted to jump right to the strategy because this is what I do with my clients. On the sales side is before we even think about what kind of funnel are we building? What's the process going to look like? What's the copy going to be? All that stuff. Before we even get there, I'm like, well, how do you like to sell? How do you like a show? And most people usually hit me back with, I don't. I don't like to sell <laughs> or I'm not selling. I hate it. And I'm like, okay, you hate what you're doing currently or what you've tried in the past. So how can we find a way to, like you said, find your strengths, find something you enjoy that feels fun to you, that feels natural for your personality. And there's so many fun ways you can break that down. Like do all the, the personality quizzes and things, but just get to know yourself and be real. I want to dive a bit deeper for the person who is not sure or maybe is still overwhelmed with the options how do we find the way that we like to show up? Because someone who is maybe newer in business or just has been behind the scenes and not very visible, has not tried a ton of different strategies yet. Sometimes we can be surprised, right? Like you don't know until you do something and you're like, oh, that podcast interview was more fun than I thought it was gonna be. Like I did better than I thought I was going to do. A lot of people are scared to try those things for the first time. So how do we find the difference between, like you talked about, right off the start of this interview, like the difference between our comfort zone and something that feels like just a little bit uncomfortable and scary because all visibility does to an extent, like to put yourself out there, versus something that is actually like not the right fit for you. How do we distinguish between those?
1: So I'm gonna give you an answer, but it partially depends on how well you know yourself in general. Mm. So if you're someone who like is just shut down from their body, doesn't really have a good connection, like you're just kind of floating out in space, Start with some yoga, (laughs) start with yoga, start with some journaling, start with like sitting with your breath and figuring out what stuff is, right? My answer is not going to be super helpful if you're just like floating out in space. If you know yourself a little bit more, it comes down to you can journal through questions and you can sit and really like think through from a logical place of, I love to have deep conversations. I am really uncomfortable having conversations where I don't have the exact questions, right? Like I need to know the exact things that Meg is going to ask me on this podcast where I can't go. Mm. That's good. That's really helpful. Like I would encourage you to sit down, look at the rest of your life, not just your business or not just what you've done in like your corporate life or work life. But in general, are you comfortable going out with some friends and just talking about whatever comes up? Are you someone who doesn't really like to be in crowds? Do you rather have people come over to your house? Like just how are you from a, from a human perspective, right? How do you live your life? That's one. And then the next thing is to give yourself permission to try and to say that sucked, Give yourself that permission to, to try and say it sucked or to try and say that was uncomfortable, but I think I kind of want to do it again. Mm. Right? Like it's, it's the first roller coaster that you did as a kid. You either got off of that crying miserable that it was so terrible Or you're like, wow, that was immensely uncomfortable. My heart was beating out of my chest. My armpits were sweating up a storm. I screamed like a banshee. And like, that was kind of cool. Like, maybe I'll do that again. I was kind of into it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) I I love this analogy because it's so true. And I think also that's something you probably already know about yourself is are you that type of person? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, myself included, who enjoys a challenge. Are you okay with stretching your comfort zone a little bit to try something new, and put yourself out there because everything is gonna be messy in the beginning. Like take podcasting, for example. I went into this experience knowing full well, I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. The first couple of episodes are probably trash. Listen to them, they're so good. Please don't listen to them, but like you're going to grow. I love like the idea of trying something new and being like, well, I'm probably going to suck at this at first, but I'm going to learn. You're going to grow. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably relate to that. So my advice would be to give it a shot, like see what happens. You never know. Like I personally find that exciting. Some people, and you probably know listening to this, which type of person you are, you might be someone
1: who is like, absolutely not. (laughs) That sounds like a terrible time. And also just one more thing to add to that, you can do it in really small steps, So let's say, because podcast guesting is is gaining in popularity just as podcasts are gaining in popularity. You can do a practice podcast with a friend. Get someone that you feel really comfortable with. It doesn't have to be about like a business thing that you'd actually want to come on and teach about. But just practice that being in on a camera, using a mic or not using a mic, but like go through that role play of introducing yourself, answering that terrible question of like, tell us who you are. Ugh, the worst. And then talking about something that you can talk about, something that is easy that you don't have to think about and just practice what that feels like and then inch your way up to actually pitching yourself to be on some random person's podcast. Yeah. Like give yourself that space to kind of grow into what you are able to handle
0: So smart and such a good idea to practice with a friend. I think you can apply this to any strategy, but we'll stick with the podcasting for now for simplicity's sake is like, do not start by pitching yourself to Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher. Like start (laughs) with a friend, like Chrissy said, and you can maybe even like record it, just get on a Zoom call with the mic and everything, pretend like it's real, record it. You can, if you're feeling really brave, listen back to it and see how you did you might surprise yourself you might learn like oh I want to you know answer that differently or maybe slow down when I speak or something like that Um, or if you're me realize you say the word awesome way too often and you need to (laughs) to work on that but just yeah give it a listen start with a friend like for me my first podcast interview was with a friend like you probably have friends or you know people in your industry you feel comfortable with that have a podcast so start with them start with like an easy connection that you already have don't go pitching strangers right off the bat because you might throw yourself into the deep end and find learning how to swim is really scary. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so now we're moving on to step three. We've got we've well, we got to know ourselves a little. We've done some yoga. We've journaled. We've meditated. We're feeling ready. We're like, I know what type of person I am. I feel confident. That's where I'm at personally. Like, I know I can say with a hundred percent certainty, I love podcasting, I love having conversations, I love writing. I will never, ever, ever. Be on TikTok. It is not. (laughs) It hurts my brain. Like, I am confident that I know myself enough to know that I cannot handle it in in any capacity. So, that said, how do we break this down into now a specific strategy, choosing platforms and tactics and all the things? Like, what is next?
1: Yes. So, now we get into like the hardcore kind of data points. I want you to look at that goal that you already made. And I want you to look at the timeline that you have for it. One of the best and easiest ways to start picking out the strategies that work for you for this specific goal is timeline oriented. So going back to this example of podcast guesting, podcasts in general have a longer lead time, which means they're not really well suited if you have something that you want to launch in the next week. It takes a lot of time to edit, to get recordings, all of that. So figure out what the timeline you have is. If it's longer, that gives you more opportunity to play with different strategies, get more feedback, actually be able to tweak things and like be strategic like we talked about. But know what that timeline is. Then once you get that timeline, you can start to pick off things that will or will not work. If you have a short runway, Podcasting, probably not your ideal situation. Articles, interviews on periodicals or magazines, questionable, right? Because again, there's a lot of coordination that goes into them. Social media, really easy. Social media is something that has almost no lead time, depending on how you run it. So that's going to give you a lot of bang for your buck as far as a shorter timeline, So that's the first thing is, is what that timeline is. Then what's your bandwidth? So in addition, right, we're going to go back to this human first approach. I can tell you, Meg, you have something really cool coming up later this year. I want you to bust your ass on all cylinders and rock 17 different visibility strategies. And you're going to probably give me a certain finger. You're not going to be really happy with that answer. Because you're a human, you have family plans, you have life plans, you want to like actually sleep. So look at what your bandwidth is and see, do I have the capacity to actually run multiple strategies? I'm a big proponent of having at least two different visibility strategies going on at all times. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. So finding some that will complement each other, right? Social media is great, but you don't own the contacts. Email, you own the contact information. How can you marry those two together to create an even more robust visibility strategy where you bring people throughout your entire customer journey? Podcast guesting is awesome, but it's really long term. So how can you do, how can you utilize social media to complement that to have things hit before. So trying to answer your question as detailed as possible, but also understanding that we all have have different goals. Those are kind of the first two pieces is what's your runway, what's your timeline, and also what's your bandwidth or capacity of what you can actually, objectively, non-judgmentally have and hold in that runway.
0: Yeah, so good. I love the bandwidth question. I think that's so key and it's often missed and I've missed it in my own business before and then paid the price for that. If not thinking that through, like just taking a second to pause and be like, what is actually on my calendar over let's say the next like three to six months? Like if you are traveling, if you are getting married in three months, now is probably not the time to add 50 new things to your business and try a new strategy and put so much more on your plate when you already have a lot going on in your personal life so just like taking stock of that like where is my energy at what else do I have going on so if you're working on a big behind the scenes project or something like that maybe this isn't the time to go really hard on podcast pitches and send like 50 a week or something like that so just looking at the whole picture of both your life and your business I think is so important
1: we all do it we all again we think that like we're so excited about what we're working on. We're so ambitious about it. Like, there is no entrepreneur in this world who is not ambitious as fuck. It's impossible. You don't go into business ownership being like, I'm not going to do shit today. You go into it because you're crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the drop shipping dudes, personally, if they count as entrepreneurs, are like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's people who are like, make a million dollars next week. Like... <laughs> If they can be called entrepreneurs.
1: I'll argue that point off the podcast. I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other conversation. But just remember, like if you get there let's go with live launching because a lot of people are like anti-live launching right now so funny how the pendulum swings right like two years ago it was like you have to live
0: launch if you want to accomplish anything in your business and now it's like if you don't turn your live program
1: evergreen in the next six months your business will die Right? it's it's so dramatic earmuffs and blinders earmuffs and blinders people do things their own way Mm. but if you are live launching for example That takes a lot of energy. And if you're doing it, if you've got a long runway, let's say you've got a full three months that you are hardcore launching and then you immediately start that new program or that course and you've burnt yourself out over the past 90 days of launching, one, you're not gonna actually do a good job. You are not gonna show up and give those people who signed up what they deserve or what they signed up for, which means they're not gonna return to you And that's going to actually have such a big impact down the line in your business. But if you did a little bit less, did it a little bit better and actually like took care of yourself as a human being, you're going to crush that course. You are going to show up and be the absolute best fill in the blank, whatever your title is. And those people are going to be blown away and come back. And then your whole business is just going to be so much more fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's spreading that energy around instead of pouring it all into one thing and then thinking, oh, crap, <laughs> there is nothing left for whatever is next on your plate. Yep. I'm curious how we get from knowing, let's say, where your energy goes and what's going to be the best platform. You mentioned making two platforms or two strategies and tactics like work together. Do you believe in like choosing one long-term marketing strategy, one shorter term? Like, How do we get – from
1: I've got a goal, I know how I'm feeling, but I'm still overwhelmed with like all the options. So I like to bucket it two different ways, depending on kind of how your brain works. So you can separate them into shorter term and longer term strategies. That can work really well if you are a linear thinker. Fewer people are linear thinkers than I have. I've realized this over the last couple months. Fewer people are linear thinkers than are. So I like to bucket it as almost like an energy. So I like to bucket it into active and passive strategies. Mm. An active strategy is going to be something that you are required. It's really hard to outsource and it's really hard to really just like downplay. You are required to be there. Most of social media is active, especially if you're doing anything video based or stories or things like that podcasting is a really actually good mix of passive and active strategy. It's active in that you've got to get a really good topic together. You've got to research and pitch and record, and then that's passive. You're not doing squat for that. I mean, hopefully you're a good guest and you're like sharing it and, you know, helping be a good guest, right? (laughs) But the responsibility of it is on the host, which is a cool thing, right? So that's an active strategy. A passive strategy is something that is easy to outsource, that is easy to duplicate, and that requires more time up front, but not a whole lot of time throughout the entirety of it. So a passive strategy would be something like a blog where you set it up, you write it, you add in the SEO keywords, and then it just kind of lives. That's even something like ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Those are passive strategies. You set them up, you tweak them, you adjust them. Because again, strategy means you go back and you look, but like, you don't have to be on every day. You don't have to create everything every day. And I really like this, this kind of active versus passive bucketing, because it helps us regulate our energy. It helps us understand where our bandwidth is going to be tightened or looser and it gives us a more, in my opinion, more holistic look at what our business activities are going to be, which from a scheduling perspective tends to be easier of, oh crap, I actually have like seven video recordings this week. Ha-ha, that, that's a little much. Or I have four email sequences that I have to get written out, but then they're good to go for the next three months. It's a different way of thinking about it that I think is actually a little bit more beneficial for most people.
0: Yeah, that's really smart and I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that before, but I am so like mentally going through my own business right now and delineating between the the passive and the active energy because it's so true and I think thinking about it in this way will help a lot of people who are struggling with the idea of like showing up consistently and being visible with where their energy is at. Because like we talked about, you don't have that same energy every day. So having a mix of active and passive strategies can help you show up consistently without showing up the same way with the same energy every single day, regardless of how
1: you're feeling. So I love that. Exactly. And it's like the example I gave before I don't do, I'm nowhere near as active as I was on Instagram a year and a half ago, but I am more active in my email. I am more active in bundle contributions and growing my email list. That stuff takes me maybe an hour or two to set up and I really don't have to do anything with it. Whereas going live or being on my stories or creating content for the 48 hours that exists on Instagram That takes a lot more of my time and energy. So it's finding that really good balance between you want to be active. There are really good benefits and certain goals really do best with active strategies, right? Like where you need to build that relationship. And many goals are supported really well by passive strategies. So it's a really good way of looking at all of it with, remember, going back to that basic of Who is the human who has to make all of this happen? Yeah,
0: what does she think about it? How's she doing? (laughs) Let's check in with her more often.
1: Yes. Are you starting to resent the business? That is a sign you need to (laughs) reevaluate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really important note to wrap up on is the importance of reevaluating this. This is not going to stay static because your goals will change, your business will change, how you're feeling in different seasons of life. All of that is going to change
1: it will change. And also, especially if this is the first time that you've looked at visibility in this way, a lot of, a lot of inside stuff's going to come up. That inner critic is going to get real loud about how many times you said awesome or how many times you gesture. This is not, no one else has to watch me as I listen, as I record this. Oh, I'm the same way. You if you guys could see us, we are all over the place. <laughs> right. But it's you're gonna have a lot of those inner critic thoughts come up. You're gonna have doubts come up totally normal. Let me just say that, totally normal. You're a human being, good job. But tweaking it, not burning it to the ground, but tweaking it and allowing yourself to keep that that kind of experimentation objective mindset of wow, this did not go the way I thought it would, or, hot shit, this actually went way better than I thought it would. But remembering that it doesn't mean anything about you, it's a strategy that you tried and good job for trying it. Mm -hmm.
0: All you're doing is collecting data because going back to step number two, getting to know yourself, the more things you try, the more you put yourself out there, you can be like, "Mm, that was not for me, but now I know, right? That's all you're doing, experimental mindset.
1: I love it. I'm talking to my science friends, so yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know I love a good science analogy. But Chrissy, I could literally talk to you all day. In fact, our non-recorded conversations (laughs) are normally three plus hours. But I know, I know we're going to start to wrap up here. So are you ready for our savor and celebrate bonus round? I am. All right, Chrissy, what is something you're savoring lately?
1: So this is going to make me sound like the old lady millennial that I am, but I'm ready. I just started baking my own bread and they're not the most beautiful things in the world, but they are tasty and a lot easier than I thought. So I'm like fully savoring the beginning of what I think is going to be a little bit of a homesteading era.
0: Ooh, I love this for you. I <laughs> I make homemade bread like – every other day. That's how much bread my family goes through. Like we eat an entire loaf of bread
1: (laughs) every two days. Send me your recipes. Give me your
0: magic. It's so good, you guys. (laughs) If you don't have a bread maker in your house, it'll change your life. That's my homesteading recommendation is everyone should buy a bread maker. (laughs) Okay, second question. What is your favorite way to celebrate an accomplishment?
1: So this one depends on on oh, kind of where i'm at honestly so i am just now wrapping up today actually as we record i'm wrapping up two different programs of mine and it's cold so normally i would go to the beach and sit on the beach and like play in the sand like a little kid i'm not going to do that because it's very cold you
0: could play in the snow i'm not doing
1: that i'm going to go buy myself some plants and just like bring more life into my house
0: that's nice I would love to be a plant person. I'm not quite there yet. I still kill everything, but I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, last question. What is a win you have celebrated
1: recently? So I mean, I'm just going to use the two that I actually talked about is I made two loaves of bread. One was gluten, one was gluten-free, and they both came out quite tasty. And today I closed down two of my most favorite containers. So I'm celebrating both the personal and the professional and a little bit celebrating that like I have been able to actually finagle a way to make all of that work pretty well the last couple of months. Yeah. You've
0: been working with dream clients and baking bread, which is a win in itself. <laughs> you <Right? do> both. <laughs> I love it. Which brings me to our last question, which is, will you please tell everyone about how they can work with you? Because if they're listening to this, they're like, I need more Chrissy in my life. Where can I find her? How can I work with her? Tell everyone all the things. Yes.
1: So I have two ways of working with me right now. One is just general private coaching business coaching with a human first approach. So none of that like hustle, get your shit together kind of, but that very holistic, I'm going to be your hype girl and I'm going to make sure you get shit done coaching. And I'm really excited about. So one of the containers that I'm closing today and reopening basically tomorrow is my magnetic visibility program This is a visibility program that talks all about active and passive strategies, digs in really into minute detail, everything we talked about today around the vision and the mile marker goals, how you shine, how do you actually like put a 90 day plan together, doing all of that together. So I'm opening up two different options. One of them is an accelerator day, which is a get shit done five hours. You are going to walk away with an entire 90 day plan detailed out or a little bit of a slower, more sustainable option for people, which is a three or four week program opening up in mid-February. You can find out all the details at my website or my Instagram. Both of them are under Chrissy Mellinger.
0: And they will be in the show notes as well. I am so excited for this and I'm so excited that this container is carrying on because no one else is doing it like you, Chrissy, and I mean that. I've been in the coaching space for a while and trust me, you are not going to want to miss this opportunity to work with this wonderful human being. So Chrissy, thank you for joining
1: us today and sharing all your wisdom. Oh my goodness. Meg, I freaking love and like love talking to you. Adore you. Thank you so much for having me on and for just being one of my favorite humans. Oh, thank
0: you for being one of my favorite humans too. Hey, Trailblazer. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.